the Russian Grand Prix. Just what a race it was. Well, towards the end at least, we had Lewis Hamilton's amazing victory. We had Kimi Raikkonen absolutely crashing into Bottas and my highlight of the race, Perez's podium for Force India. Woo! Yay! Kunal, you must be a very happy man. Yes, indeed, <laughs> a very happy man. But first, congratulations and credit where it's due. Congratulations to Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes. A post-race penalty to Raikkonen saw them being crowned as the 2015 Constructors Champion. Ooh, well done, well done. Yes, much deserved, much expected. And you know, in my view, they are the only team on the grid that has mastered this hybrid era. But before we move on, a bigger and probably my biggest congratulations to Force India and Checo Perez. It is fun to see the underdogs rise and punch well above their weight. And to me, Force India has been that one team this season that has punched well above their weight, consistently so. And Sergio Perez, there is no denying that he's a master of tyre management. He did 41 laps on the soft tyre. I guess the best way to support your team's strategy is to deliver it. <laughs> yes. He fought well. He fought hard as well. And... I'm sure he and the team will send a bottle of the bubbly to Raikkonen for handing the podium back to him on the last lap of the race. Actually, I know Kimi prefers his vodka. <laughs> you know, that's fairly easy <laughs> then because they actually raced in the land of vodka this weekend. Yes. Let's focus on the rivalry between Perez and Hulkenberg. You know, possibly one of the best rivalries in the midfield today. The perception is that Hulkenberg is perhaps the faster driver. But the reality is that Perez is the one who is delivering the podiums for the team. What's your take? Very interesting because it is Perez's podium and Nico's consistency and of course the Mercedes engine that have powered Force India to their best ever championship position. They're fifth in the championship and this podium in Russia only helps them consolidate this position further. And to me very crucially... They are the one single team again on the grid, the midfield team outside of the iconic teams that haven't really succumbed to financial pressures and hired only paid drivers. The internet is abuzz with Hulkenberg's supposed podium jinx and you've got to feel for the man. But I do think that, uh, personally, Hulkenberg's spin at the start of the race was actually a sign of protest, Kunal. He was protesting to Bernie Ecclestone for ensuring that Baku actually clashes with Le Mans in 2016. <laughs> Poor guy. You know, interestingly enough, Hulkenberg said pre-Russia that Formula One is where my future lies, not Le Mans. And to me, that's a very good political move. You know, in a single statement, he's not only impressed Bernie... But he's also claimed to the world that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsport and not Le Mans. I mean, just imagine this. The reigning Le Mans champion will decide not to defend his title next year and instead race in a midfield team in Formula 1 where his chances of winning are next to impossible. Well, I think on that note, Kunal, it's a really good thing that our podcast focuses more on Formula 1 <laughs> than Le Mans. Despite claims that 2015 has been a boring, Mercedes-dominated year, we've actually had 10 different drivers on the podium this season. Can you name them? There's Hamilton, then there's Hamilton, then there's Lewis <laughs> Hamilton. And Let's do it again. <laughs> so we've had Hamilton, Rosberg, Wettel, Raikkonen. 
Uh, I'm going to add Bortas, Perez, who got onto the podium today, Romain Grosjean, Daniel Kivat, Daniel Ricciardo, and guess what? Even Felipe Massa managed to make his way onto the podium this season. Yes, Massa had a very good race at Russia as well. He went from P15 to P4. Driver of the day, Kunal? No, I would still pick Sergio Perez over everyone else today. And I would still say that the last lap of the race was my driver of the day, Kunal. <laughs> How can a lap where Kimi Raikkonen crashes be your favourite? I'm puzzled. Because his crash gifted a much-deserved podium to Checo. My God, what a lap, Kunal! <laughs> Woo! What happened there exactly? Well, they crashed. That's what happened. That's a Kimi Raikkonen style answer. Funny, but... What happened there, Kunal? <laughs> you know, there is little doubt that Kimi Raikkonen is to blame. The FIA stewards, in fact, did serve him a 30-second penalty post-race, which means he went from finishing 5th to finishing 8th. I guess, although, that there was a lot of pressure that was put to him on the last lap. Okay. And uh, Ferrari went onto the radio before the start of the lap and said to Kimi that all or nothing. And in his attempt to clinch all, he actually came back with nothing. A very ambitious move on the inside of his fellow countryman. A rookie error from a world champion, I do not deny, but that's where I leave it. Although, the unfortunate part in such clashes is that while one driver fetched a penalty and still scored points, the other driver, in this case Botas, missed out on yet another career-changing podium finish. But to be fair to Kimi Raikkonen, we have to admit that we don't see him pull such moves all that often. <laughs> but then again, I must admit that it did look like the move that Kimi Raikkonen actually pulled on Botas was taken right out of the book of the great Pastor Maldonado <laughs> and his manual on overtaking. Then again, no race this season is complete with a, without a Pastor Maldonado type of move. <laughs> Only this time, it was just that he outsourced the job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's put it this way. Raikkonen is lucky that he doesn't have competition for his Ferrari seat next year. But he does have competition for radio humour in the form of none other than Fernando Alonso. Yes. He's hilarious. <laughs> I still don't know what amused Alonso. You know, whether that he was racing at all or that he was racing with Felipe Massa. GP2 engine, GP2 engine. But it's also Fernando Alonso who wants team radios to be banned from being made public. Mm. And it is a no-brainer that Kimi Raikkonen actually opposed this suggestion. Of course, you know, after all, Raikkonen has built his popularity off late on radio humour than podium positions. Forget Raikkonen. Sometimes I feel the most exciting part of these races lately... Team Radio, what else? <laughs> but anyway, big congratulations to Fernando Alonso for 250 Grand Prix stars. Yay, yay, yay. Although the interesting insight here as per Formula 1 management is that Alonso could well retire in the early part of the 2018 season. <laughs> My God, who is responsible for that silly graphic? You know, I think for Alonso's sake, let's hope that Honda acts more responsible and gets him the power that he needs in his engine to start enjoying his racing as much as he enjoys his radio messaging. And to think of it, you know, and very strange to me as well, Alonso has gone ahead and reaffirmed his commitment to race with McLaren till 2017. I just hope that Fernando Alonso has the patience, you know, should the nightmare not turn into a dream anytime soon. 
Meanwhile, in Russia, for once, it was not the Honda engine Kunal, but actually the FIA, who robbed McLaren of their second double points finish this season. Alonso lost his 10th place to Max Verstappen Yay! for exceeding track <laughs> limits. But that's racing. and <laughs> You know, try telling that to Nico Rosberg. The curse of the number two struck him again and how. His championship challenge this season is as good as over. He had yet another mechanical issue with the car. The suspect this time was a throttle problem. You know, I wonder if McLaren had a throttle-related problem. Would the drivers even be able to tell? <laughs> you know, the credit for this joke goes to the fake Charlie Whiting on Twitter. Hilarious. We loved it. <laughs> Back to Rosberg though. Extreme bad luck and possibly the inability to rise up to the Hamilton Challenge in 2015. Two crucial factors. Of course, Hamilton has been in a different gear all season long. And I guess that confidence and speed comes from his championship win last year. I do wonder if Nico Rosberg can strike back with vengeance in 2016. Well, why not? You know, I for one really hope he does for his sake and for the sports. The other driver with terrible luck in the race in Russia, Romain Grosjean. My God, what a horrific crash he was involved in. <laughs> but you know, after seeing that he's okay, the first thought on my and everyone else's mind was, would Lotus have enough money to rebuild that car? <laughs> but you know, to be fair, knowing their driver pair, I'm sure they have maximum budget allotted to car rebuilding, more than possibly any other team on the grid. <laughs> so, no you know, problem. If, you know, if you're talking about luck, Carlos Sainz Jr., he seemed to run out of luck each time he approached turn 13 this weekend. He had a horrific crash in Friday practice and then his race ended at turn 13 as well, you know. First he was under the barriers and second he had a brake failure. And for a change, the focus was actually on signs this weekend <laughs> for the right and the wrong reasons. Instead of his uh, much-loved teammate Max Verstappen. Much love. And you know, apart from the on-track fun, there was a lot of fun off it too. Or so we think and we should actually point it out to our listeners. And to me, this now appears to be a clear Russia versus the United States of America in Formula 1 too. Last week, we discussed the possibility of an all-Russian team given that there's an all-American team expected to take to the grid next season. But there's more to that. You know, I really wonder if Russia paid Bernie a wee bit more in hosting fees to ensure that they were listed on the F1 calendar before the United States of America Grand Prix. Maybe a Cold War in F1 that's developing up too. Ooh, maybe. Very interesting, Kunal. Do you think the pressure is now on President Obama to, you know, visit this year's American Grand Prix, meet and greet the drivers, Give away the trophies to the winners, you know, maybe a couple of hugs to go to. Did you see how he even kissed the pseudo-American driver, Lewis Hamilton? Yes, yes. You know, if the United States Grand Prix could have a Stetson cowboy hat on the podium for the finishers, Russia would have lobbied with Bernie to ensure that their Ushanka hat was adequately represented too. Did you notice that? Very cool. And you know, in fact, I can't wait to see what Mexico is going to have up their sleeve. You know, maybe some really cool sombreros. <laughs> but on a serious note, the engine situation for Red Bull Racing is going from the future to the past. After failed talks with Mercedes and Ferrari, 
there is now talk that they might reconsider Renault for 2016. I am convinced that Formula One is all about reuniting with the exes. Here is more proof if you needed any. <laughs> you know, the irony here though is that Red Bull Racing ended their contract with Renault before signing up a replacement. And while Red Bull are known for their marketing acumen, I really wonder if the business acumen is lacking somewhere. They not only cancelled Renault's supply deal for 2016, but also parted with Infinity as a sponsor too. So there's no engine and there's no money either. A pity. You know, this is where I wonder if the hybrid rules have actually failed the sport. I can clearly see that the power has now shifted and it's now tilted in the balance of engine manufacturers. In today's form, that essentially means Mercedes and Ferrari. You know, which actually leads me to believe that a Red Bull exit might just be a possibility. You know, Pirelli has said that should Red Bull Racing leave, they will decide on leaving too. Yes. But you know, this is where the Italian tyre manufacturer needs to be taught some serious VR lessons. Apart from perhaps tyre-making lessons too, <laughs> as the grid believes. You know, in the week leading up to the Russian Grand Prix, Pirelli actually claimed that they would quit the sport if Red Bull Racing did. And then minutes before the start of the Russian Grand Prix, Bernie announced that their contract had been extended till 2019. Yes, and very crucially, theirs is a commercial agreement and not a tyre supply contract. I think Michelin's interest was evoked by Bernie only to hike the price of Pirelli's renewal and possibly to let Pirelli and the world know that despite the sport's evident problems, world's leading brands are still interested. Oh, the politics, I tell you. Talking of politics, none of the TV blackouts that we discussed on the last episode actually happened. Wow, aren't we glad about that? <laughs> yes, but the Russian president Vladimir Putin got more TV coverage than McLaren and Manor put together. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, folks. We will see you next week with a fresh new episode. If you haven't liked us already, we are there on Facebook. We're there on Google+. Mithila and I are on Twitter as well. Just search us on Google and you'll find us everywhere. Thank you for listening. Thank and, you. And keep racing. <laughs> <laughs>